Prepare to hear the truth from a real whistleblower and American patriot. Here's civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and indefinitely suspended FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show for Friday, April the 14th of 2023. I recorded a fantastically mediocre interview with our friend, Senior Chief EXW, also known as George Hill, a federal whistleblower who's come out of retirement in order to serve the American people one more time. And then uh, I didn't record any of his audio. So I've got about two hours of me staring at a screen with his mouth moving that you couldn't hear any of it, which is atrocious. Uh, one more reason why I need to upgrade my life and only work when I've got professor, uh, I've got producer Phil with me. So I've got producer Phil with me today. Uh, I've got Steve friend joining me. Hey, Steve, what's going on? Hey man, I'm happy to be called out of the bullpen in a pinch. Just, yeah, calling for the righty, tapping on the shoulder, saying, come on in. Um, today has been one of those days when I'm going to definitely go to bed defeated. And uh, so for everyone's awareness, we're taping this on Thursday night so that it can uh, come out to you nice and early on Friday morning. And I, I got up to like just a nonstop torrential wave of stupidity by the federal government, which is in fact their default position for almost everything. I got an email yesterday letting me know that the... The Office of Attorney Recruitment and Management does not consider me a whistleblower because no person would consider the allegation that the attorney general may have lied under oath about whether or not the FBI was going to investigate parents at school board meetings with counterterrorism resources. They considered that to be, I love that it's a double negative. It's not a non-frivolous allegation. Do you know anything about not non-frivolous allegations? You don't even know what the standard is for that? No, and I'm still trying to do the math in my head to make two negatives into a positive. That's right. You so they're so they're saying negatives it's, and they, they cross. It's it's too serious for you to be a whistleblower on. Is is that how no. I know? If it was a non-frivolous allegation, then I would be a whistleblower. But because it's not a non-serious, non-frivolous allegation, then I'm not a whistleblower. Oh, it could only be contrived by a attorney working for the federal government. Full doofuses. Yeah, no doubt about it. So the fun thing about these particular doofuses uh, for me is that the office that adjudicates whether or not there's been retaliation against you, and and for those of you who have not seen my two-port podcast with uh, Kurt Suzdak, please check that out because we get into this long form. He thinks it's just a sick and cruel joke, but literally the office that is charged with hiring attorneys out of law school to come and work for the federal government, get their first job as a lawyer at the DOJ, also handles whistleblower complaints. What do you think about that? So they might not even be accepted to the bar yet. It's because a lot of these firms will hire these attorneys at a law school and they are not actually attorneys yet. And um, yeah, that checks, that checks. They They recruit folks to bring them into a very highly important and serious aspect of the FBI uh, when they've never actually handled anything in the legal sphere professionally whatsoever. That checks entirely. Now, you've been asked under oath whether or not you're an attorney. Is that right? Yes, I have. I've been asked if I had legal training or if I was an attorney. Are you an attorney? No, I'm not. I've only worked with the law for a decade and a half. Now, imagine you were an attorney and you went to a, a law school and then you were graduating and let's say you were pretty decent at it. You had good grades. You had a good recommendation. Maybe you'd done a, an interesting clerkship for somebody of note. Do you think that you'd be running to the DOJ to go work or would you probably go make money at a law firm? 
you'd probably go make money at a law firm and then get loaned out to help Alvin Bragg with his prosecution of a former president. Like that's yeah. that's where you're rolling. This is why we bring in the hot right-hander. He's got fresh, uh, hard throws. So my guess is the Office of Attorney, Attorney Recruitment and Management, which is the DOJ's arm that handles whether or not I'm a whistleblower and whether or not whistleblowers have been retaliated against, probably hires like the crappiest possible attorneys that have no other options except maybe a mediocre career in the federal government. And then you get guys like Chad Tang, the FBI's attorney who's been handling my case and, and pretty much everyone else's. And um, I got some notices from people that work inside the office of the, the, the general counsel from the FBI. And the statement about Chad Tang, the guy who handled both my Merit Service Protection Board, Garrett's Merit Service Protection Board, all of our stuff, was that he is a colossal prick. That was the actual direct quote from somebody inside the, uh, one of his colleagues referred to him as a colossal prick. And I think everybody knows that about these kind of people. Like they don't really have any sort of skills that anyone else wants. They're well, like government rejects. You could see somebody going into government service to get, cut their teeth on being a litigator, wanting to do their tour of service to the country. I am a lawyer. Um, I'm going to prosecute on behalf of the DOJ, or I'm going to defend on the, you know, as a federal public defender, get that experience and then move on. Or maybe they are a true believer. That's, that's very, very rare. Um, but eventually you want to pay off those student loans, right? You, you, you gotta, you gotta earn a paycheck. You got this high respected degree, you know, you're, you're expecting to be a professional and, and retire nicely, but to straight out of school, say, I'm going to work in a really niche area, which I can actually use as a resume enhancer in any way that's going to make me look like a, a good candidate to fill a high profile job in the private sector. So you're basically just pigeonholing yourself into being a government servant for the next 20 to 30 years. Or you could be an FBI agent. You could be a special agent with uh, the attorney track and come in and be totally useless. I'm going to read you this little uh, document that I got. I think it's quite funny. Um, I'm probably going to share this on Twitter shortly. So folks, if you follow me on Twitter, you can see it there soon, I imagine. Uh, this is from the Department of, Department of Justice. It's been one of those days. Federal Bureau of Investigation dated out of Washington, D.C., March 31st. So it's about two weeks old at this point. It's marked personal. I, I did take it personally, so there's that. And it's to Kyle Matthew Serafin. That's me. Federal Bureau of Investigation. Not sure why. Albuquerque, New Mexico. I haven't ever worked out of Albuquerque, although I did answer to Albuquerque Field Office until April of last year. It's now coming up on a full year mark. And this document says, Dear Mr. Serafin, OPR, that's the Office of Professional Responsibility, the most unprofessional, has completed the review of an administrative inquiry regarding allegations like that sentence, like I think actually if you wrote that you'd get kicked out of my junior year English class in uh, in high school I'm pretty sure Mr. Deegan would have kicked you out for sucking at the English language for not putting anything of value in the first nine or ten uh, words you had it says the allegation that you one refused to participate in interviews for administrative inquiries within Division One, Division Two, and review team in violation of FBI Offense Code 2.1. I don't know what Division One, Two, or review team are. Do you have any idea what that means? Well, I'm pretty sure Division One are, are the guys that are like the highest level athletes, and uh, they're they're getting full ride scholarships and they're playing like on TV. Uh, Division Two are like the five foot eight, you know 
guys that are talented, but just didn't have the size, but, uh, the, technically the review, skilled, but are never going to go pro that's okay. So division two. And then what's the uh, review team? Is that the, uh, that's the officiating guys. That's the guys wearing the stripes on the field. No, that's, that's uh, under the hood, man. That's instant replay, the review team. Got it. Okay. Fair enough. So, uh, I didn't agree to an interview with them. What's funny is, is, uh, I actually responded back to them. I said, I'd be happy to come and talk to you, but I'm going to bring a member of Congress with me. And then for some reason they ghosted me weird. I'm not even sure I could have capitalized on the ability to bring a member of Congress. As you probably know, they probably wouldn't have showed up. Um, but that was enough for the FBI to stop emailing me that, that threat alone was too much. The idea that some Congressman, maybe a Matt Gates type would, would join me, uh, at the FBI's offices to hear what kind of stupidity they were going to unleash. Anyway, that's interesting. So let's do number two. <laughs> this one's fun, actually. Made disparaging remarks about your coworkers and supervisors. Made disparaging remarks about the FBI. Were unprofessional in your conduct with law enforcement partners. Were dishonest about your occupational history and qualifications. Engaged in impermissible political activities in the workplace. And made comments that led your coworkers to fear for their personal safety in violation of FBI offense code 5.22, unprofessional conduct on duty. You want to just run with that one for a minute? Yeah, I, but man, there's a lot to pull from there. Um, hmm. So, what do you think I was you, dishonest about? Do you think I don't think I told them that I worked for Baskin Robbins? Do you think that was a critical fail on my? When I was 15, I think, or 16, I worked for Baskin Robbins. I don't even remember what I got paid, but maybe 4.25 an hour, something like that. I'm not sure. I put that the on one the that's objective, right? Like that's verifiable. There's going to be a W two or a tax return or something that's going to show where your employment history wasn't, unless you were working illegally. But to lie about, about your, your occupational history and qualifications. Maybe it's, um, no, no, it's nothing. I, I think you probably just made them feel unsafe. I made because, them feel unsafe you, because you, I you, made you, comments that led FBI agents who are armed. Um, now, granted, they have all been on the range with me. The guys in Las Cruces, minus one guy. Um, I was a faster draw than every single one of them including the firearms instructor. There's one guy that I didn't go head to head with on a, on a, a timer. He's a green beret. He still talks to me. He's not a coward. Um, the rest of them, I am faster out of the holster with and as accurate as necessary. So that's maybe that's, that's why they think that you're lying about your employment history. They don't believe that you could, there's no way that you're not a tier one operator or some sort of like double O agent. I'm a double. You're just too awesome. I actually worked for MI6. That's the real story here. Um, yeah. And then I was unprofessional with law enforcement partners. I don't know when that would have been, but that's funny. And I'm confident that 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 involved the video that many people will that's... see. If you want to scroll back in the history of this particular Rumble channel, if you're listening on the audio podcast, you're going to have to go to kyleserafin.com slash rumble. No, that's not how it is. It's rumble.com slash kyleserafin. Like I said, it's been one of those days. You can go and find the video. I actually show the body cam footage of me talking to a cop for like three and a half minutes in the desert. Probably one of the most unprofessional things you can imagine that ends in a cop walking off and going, okay, brother, like, take it easy. Like, have a good one, man. Uh, yeah. Be safe. It corrected the officer on his jurisdiction and he was receptive to that and left and said, 10, eight, no report. Yeah. And, and, and not, not for nothing. You were, you were there practicing your firearm skills to improve as a professional. Which you I was shooting at no big deal, but I was shooting at 50 yards with a handgun. For those of you who don't shoot handguns at 50 yards, then, uh, you know, up your game. That was an intermediate distance for me. I train out to 100 yards with my handgun 
including with a 22. My absolute favorite thing to do was walk far enough out where I was at. We had these tactical bays um, that were in the public range. And so they're about 75 yards deep. And what that looks like, it's like a U-shaped berm, right? Uh, and at the end of the berm is where the target is. And so I would walk out outside of the, the sort of the U-shape all the way to the top end of the U. So I'm now the umlaut at the top of the U in order to be able to take these shots. 100 yards with a rangefinder in my pocket, dink, 100 yards. And then I would do draws with this suppressed 22 pistol and I would ding steel um, with that. And I would go, you know, sometimes 10, 10 rounds out of 10 with a 22, which are infamously wobbly. They're not the most yep. grouped uh, sort of animal, but you know. How does the, uh, how, what's the sound like on the 22 traveling that far? At, at that rate, like that U-shape, whenever I shot from outside of it, it, it has this really sick, this, this sound that's, it's very particular, especially if you're shooting like nine mil or 45 is a 22 generate that weird sound that you know like you're you're beyond the wall no it's it's suppressed that's the way grown-ups shoot guns in fact i won't shoot with you anymore if someone doesn't have a suppressor or you don't want to shoot a suppressed weapon i think that you're a jerk i think that you're trying to hurt my ears and i'm not doing it anymore because it's out there the technology is there if you don't want to be on the atf list for having um for having a suppressor you need to just girt your loins and then just do it anyway um, my buddy kicked me right off the ledge. I had six suppressors in my cart in about this about this time last uh, year before, 2021. In April of 2021, or maybe in May of 2021, uh, I had six suppressors lined up to buy. And I was like, ah, I don't know. And he was like, just do it. Push the send button for me. And so he sent it. We bought them all. And then I waited forever. And then I got them. And interestingly enough, today, the owner and the manager of the gun store where I picked up those suppressors, it's a cool store that's called uh, Right to Bear Arms, and it's in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and they were super nice guys. So a, a free plug for them, if you're in, this, in the city of Albuquerque, if you're in the surrounding areas of New Mexico, go check out Right to Bear. Uh, Eric and Mike are super good dudes, and they just reached out to me on Twitter, and they said, we're behind you 100%. Let us know what you, we can do if there's anything, uh, and we're going to try to move to Florida and open up another shop because... New Mexico is uh, falling apart. It has gone spicy blue and it's going to probably get nasty there. But uh, yeah, like the two dudes that actually sold me my first six suppressors and, and did the transfer paperwork and everything, very nice men, um, American patriots, both uh, also paramedics. So we had some some kind of fun shop talk, but uh, yeah, reached out to me today. Send them to my area, man. I, I can, I'm I, going I can to use a, yeah. Yeah, you need a, you need a, a, a friendly suppressor provider. Yeah, that'd be great. Sure. It's definitely out there. All right, let's do a, a charge number three that I was unprofessional towards a police officer and refused to apply, comply with the officer's reasonable requests in violation of offense code 5.21, unprofessional conduct on duty. Uh, you went to Quantico. Phil, you went to Quantico too. And do you remember the requirement under FBI policy to re comply with uh, a, a local law enforcement's reasonable requests? I mean, they were very general about it. I thought it was always just, you know, be polite, be professional, have your creds out. You know, state that you're armed, uh, why you're armed. And that was about it. I mean, uh, I don't remember them ever quoting policy or pulling out regulations. And I think in the interaction, in the interaction that Kyle had with that officer, he pointed out that the guy's request was kind of unreasonable because he was going to have to travel all the way. I think a pretty good distance if you're going to go shoot in the area. He was, yeah, was like another 25 minutes. Yeah. That's that's not reasonable. Reasonable is like, hey, can you take it to the other end of the block? I don't know if it's reasonable or not reasonable, um, but it is interesting that that's kind of what uh, was going on. Did you want to play that, Phil? 
Okay, roll tape. Then go further in the desert or something. I get it. You're shooting against a berm. You're not shooting towards the school or anything, but For it sure. creates issues. So, what department are you with? I'm with the FBI. Okay. Yeah, it's just uh, probably not the best place to be shooting. So, I mean, people I, shoot out here all the time. Is it just because it's at school or what? Well, it, it, it creates issues, yeah. I'm not saying that you would, but some people are responsible. So, I, I and, guess uh, the question, so first of all, I'm positive this is county land. Okay. Right? Um, I'm more than 300 yards away. In fact, what is that, like 150 is requirement or 100? I don't even know exactly what it is, to be it, quite honest. Whatever with you, it is, I can reach that, and I know that we're 800 yards away from the school minimum, yeah? Okay. So, the, right. legally speaking, I'm still within the range. Okay. Um, I'm out here to work. I'm out here to train. I get some time off, so I'm kind of using it. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to create an issue for you, but I'm also I'm well within the range. Like I get that, but and, you have you to know. understand where we're coming from. I mean, it's one of those things where no, I, I totally I, get it. I but I'm just saying, if, if we're gonna, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't have the time to drive out there. Do you got your idea on you by chance? Yeah. Right. I've showed it to. Dozens. Yeah, that's good for now. Um, look how unprofessional that guy is. So unprofessional. He's saying, uh, "Look, I'm not trying to cause an issue for you, but uh, I'm not going to do what you said because I don't want to." With your I badge still, displayed. With my badge. Um, <laughs> what's fun is, as I am sure that the Bureau would love to act like that was me doing something, you know, with my with my issued handgun. Uh, jokes on you guys. I don't carry your guns because your guns suck. I carry my gun. And um, this is this is actually the, the gun I carried on duty. I still have it because it's my personal weapon that I owned. And I'm fairly confident that this is the only... Let's make this thing safe. This is... Whatever, man. This is, this is that kind of a day. So... All right. So I'm fairly confident that this is the only, can you see what it says on there, Phil? No, I was going to give you unsolicited advice like that congresswoman did to that uh, congressman. Like, uh, you know, you shouldn't be waving that thing around. Remember he was like, do it, do it. Just advise it. Do whatever I want. I'm in my own house. Um, okay. So this is a Glock 19 M, but it's not an MOS. I actually had this milled because I can hit a steel target at 200 yards with this thing. I sent it off to CNH, which is the company the FBI actually buys their plates from. This is the RM06 RMR made by Trigicon, which is the FBI's official uh, duty optic. Okay. And this is an FBI weapon. And so anyway, you can buy them personally. I bought mine. I still have it, obviously, because I own it. And then I did something with my own gun that I wanted to because it made me more lethal. And then I qualified with it like a dozen times. That was one of the things they're going to um, hit me for because that's, you know, I'm obviously a problem. I increased my my uh, firearm scores. So you don't want people to have better firearm scores with a better piece of equipment that they've already approved and that HRT guys are running around with and that SWAT was approved for and that firearms instructors are running around with. They also claim that there's no pilot program. There was a pilot program. I just may not have been a part of it, whatever. Um, I also told my boss I wasn't part of it either. He's like, he's like, are you allowed to have that? And I'm like, nope, but I kind of just tell people I'm part of a pilot program and then they leave me alone. And he was like, all right. Um, I didn't lie to that guy either. I just told him the truth. Anyway, let's go on. Um, number four, altered your FBI issued weapons and personally owned POWs in violation of FBI offense code 5.23, violation of miscellaneous rules and regulations. So the funny thing for me on that is that when when they say, like I actually did modify this one, there's no doubt about it. Like I modified it and this is a normal weapon. Like nobody would freak out about this. This is a grown up professional weapon. In fact, it's exactly what we saw the guys in Tennessee using, right? Mm -hmm. um, we saw the uh, the uh, second officer making the approach with an RMR. It's, it's a game changer when it comes to taking a shot from a long distance. What's funny to me was they uh, they were really mad that I spray painted my personally owned rifle. You ever You ever spray paint a rifle in the bureau? No, no. They, I couldn't even get them to issue me at one out of the vault. 
<laughs> you ever seen somebody on SWAT run around with like a like a painted rifle? Is that not a thing for you? Work? No. Are you kidding me? If you did that, you'd be. Was that approved? Was that approved? I mean, everything's by policy, man. The only reason, one of the main reasons I got on SWAT was so I could get a rifle, dude. Like I was not about to alter it. You could be a grown up and you could just buy it with your own money, which was always my argument to people. They'd be like, if you just show up on SWAT, they'll give you guns. And I'm like, and then when you're not on SWAT, they take them away, idiot. Like they're not your guns. You know who owns guns? Grownups, serious sure. people. I literally had one of the SWAT guys from the uh, the Albuquerque team tell me that I owned too many guns in his estimation. He'd never seen my gun collection, by the way. You guys have seen some of it. You've seen it splayed out like when I did a gear check on the floor. It covers most of a 14 by 16 foot room uh, with a few inches between them. But uh, he told me that I own too many guns and that because of that, he probably could open up a domestic terrorism case. Well, I mean, clearly, you know, you, you were making your coworkers feel uncomfortable in the workplace. That's it. That's exactly why. Yeah, they were uncomfortable because I owned weapons. Um, this wasn't enough. Based on the preponderance of the evidence, the OPR concluded that the allegations against me were uh, substantiated. I will say this. I will say in their um, in their sort of estimation, they are incorrect about allegation number one, the refusal to participate in interviews. That's false. Number two, disparaging comments about coworkers and supervisors and the FBI, maybe? Strong maybe? Probably? I mean... You gotta be honest. That's just about everybody every single day. Yeah. And also, I'm fairly confident that whoever I said something disparaging about probably earned that one. Um, what they probably are really mad about, though, because they considered me an employee today, which is absurd. They, um, they're probably really mad because I did it on the podcast as a so-called FBI employee who hasn't been paid since June of last year in their minds. I should be answered to them. So let's let's give them the benefit. No SECD is listening. So they, they probably took great umbrage with that. They are. And and we almost entitled that episode Sec My D. And I think that would be like, that's the mood I'm in right now. Kind of Sec My D, um, FBI. Uh, we're dishonest about occupational history and qualification. That one's hard for me to even figure out what the hell they're talking about. I'm going to say they missed the ball on that one. Preponderance of the evidence or otherwise. Engaged in impermissible political activities in the workplace. What do you think that is? Do you think that was the, um, was that the life-size cutout of Barack Obama that I had at my desk? Maybe. Maybe that was was the guys at headquarters that did that. That's weird. Oh, could it have been the shirt you wore when you came back from being unvaxxed or whatever it was? So here's the funny thing. I I came into work wearing a, uh, wearing a jacket kind of like this, I think something similar. And, and I had a let's go Brandon shirt, which I, I support all Brandons. I'm a big fan of Brandons. Um, and it was a birthday gift that from my dad, I'm not hundred percent sure if there's a political nature to supporting someone named Brandon, almost named my son, Brandon, big fan. Um, and you know, I'm not a big NASCAR guy, but I liked what he was about. I liked the way that he kind of classily handed something that was like kind of, kind of trashy when, uh, when Brandon Brown was out there and was at Talladega. Is that right? Yeah, he was it. Yep. He was a, he. Xfinity driver. He lost his whole career because of that, by the way, that poor kid. Sure, sure, sure. But here's the thing. Um, what's funny is, is I actually was turned on to the, the kind of the concept of the let's go Brandon shirt by the senior agent who was sort of acting as a mentor to me in the Las Cruces field office who bought a number of let's go Brandon NASCAR shirts and then wore them into the office and hoodies. Now she's a Hispanic female, so it's possible that she doesn't have to answer to the rules, but as a uh, native American female, I feel like I also should not be beholden to those kind of rules. Most people probably no. don't know this about me from watching our podcast, but um, as a gender fluid FBI agent, I, I've actually corrected myself since I've left that or- agency. I don't feel the same way that I did when I was there, but my FBI documents 
stated very clearly that I identified as female when I was at work. Um, they never really gave me like the leeway to explain that I'm actually a regular dude once I left the office and I took off the stupid badge. But when I was in the office, there was no doubt that starting at a very, very early date with the FBI, I identified as a female. It seemed like the most reasonable thing when you're doing a lot of bitch work, like you're kind of that guy, right? So, um, or gal, I, I just, I felt very flexible about that. And that's why I was in fact, one of the top rated and the top scoring female FBI athletes in 2021 on the fitness test. Did you know that about me, Steve? That's your work history right there. They, they must've thought you were some sort of like Olympian that you didn't tell them. I didn't tell them I was an Olympian. Yeah. I had top, I was in the top five or so for pushups, for sit-ups, for the sprint. And you know, I'm not that fast compared to dudes, but, um, as a, as a woman with a beard and like grown man legs, um, you know, I identify as a female whenever I have to sprint and I crush it. It's uh, I'm kind of like Zuby that way. The, uh, the rap artist in, in the UK, like I, you know, sometimes you just got to transition over, feel the right thing and then kill it. And I did. The only thing that I'm not like a stellar athlete on is the distance run. And uh, if anyone doesn't think there's paperwork to back this up, they're sorely mistaken. There is in fact paperwork. And it was sent to me as part of my package when I was suspended. So I've got a, a really good copy of my, uh, what is it? What are those things called, Phil? What is that? SF50s? Yeah. Well, you don't get one of those until you either uh, get promoted or resign. Well, all my SF50s, you get one every time you get promoted. I got promoted every year until I got to GS13. So yeah, so I've got updated GS50 uh, uh, and I've got one that shows that I was suspended as well because I got one for suspension. Um, they all they all identify me properly. Um, it, is there a chance that your unprofessional conduct at work might not be the less no branded, but it could be that your display of a higher loyalty by Jim Comey on your desk. I did have a copy of a higher loyalty on my desk. Yeah, that's really funny. So I created a little display and one of them was called, um, man, what was the other book? Someone, something my dad's buddy sent me. So Is I had no, a no right turns. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was, uh, it was like, um, it was like how money politics and, and, uh, and something else like corrupted the FBI. I think it was called corruption. I think it was the name of the book. I could be wrong. We have to look it up, but it was an FBI um, takedown piece that was written by a journalist. And so that was the the bookend. I actually left those for my last boss. I actually gave them to my last supervisor and I said, you can have these. And he was like, oh, thanks, man. Because uh, Ryan was a decent human being. I have no beef against that guy, but he accepted them as like sort of a gift. And I think they are, they're still probably proudly displayed in an FBI office right now, which is good. That's where they belong. They were designed. I also remember I actually had a hanging picture, which was, you know, pretty serious of uh, Donald Trump. And, you know, like so many people after Trump left the office, I felt it was my duty and obligation to post a cartoon of Donald Trump riding on a tank and carrying a golden bazooka. Right. Because that's how far I am into the politics of it. And then I also, because I thought it was also like a bookend to that, I had a picture of Ronald Reagan riding on a velociraptor while firing an Uzi. Um, and that equally is a political statement of some kind. I don't know what the statement is, and I wouldn't be confident that anyone else could articulate what it is either, but guilty as charged on that one. I think that that would be just as effective in a workplace as like the poster that says, you know, keep it up or like the, it's a, the, the cat doing chin-ups about- yeah. Like a motivator. A motivator. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. So my, my save screen, my, my background on the windows system on the unclassified was actually a demotivator. 
and it had a picture of the U.S. Capitol. Did I tell you this? No. <laughs> okay, so it was a picture of the U.S. Capitol repeated a million times over, and it said, um, "Government, if you think we have problems, you should see our solutions." That's perfect. It's, it's true, perfect. right? I mean, yeah. there's nothing more obvious when you work in the government. You understand how that goes out. So um, let's not let's not uh, belabor that any further. So oh, I did some. Uh, allegedly political stuff. This is where it gets really weird. Okay, so I modified my weapon. Yeah, guilty as charged on that one. That's true. And I, I don't really care. Um, based on the preponderance of evidence, intentionally missed you. Oh, this one's good. Number five, I intentionally misused my weapon during a firearms training in violation of offense code 5.13 misuse of weapon safety violation. Did I tell you the story? Is this the one where you shot on the target next to your target? Yeah. Do you know that people actually do that on accident? Are they hit with OPR investigations no, for being no, really, really bad shots? No, no, they're not. Um, in fact, I can tell you for training, you actually do intentionally shoot the targets next to your own quite a bit just to show that you can shoot on more than just a direct line of sight. Right. So that's not actually a danger or a safety violation. Now, if somebody else was shooting and you shot at the same time as them, that was the, that's their allegation, essentially, that we were shooting one at a time and I just shot at the same time as the guy next to me. Hot range, nobody's downrange actively shooting guy they didn't expect shooting i'm still accountable for my rain like my round it hit a target mm -hmm. particularly the one i was aiming at right where i was aiming right over the left shoulder of the target right there right there what do you think i, I think you're in the good man I, th I think you probably just showed up a pfi who didn't appreciate getting shown up nobody likes nobody likes it when you shoot on their target um knowingly wore a facsimile fbi badge in place of your real FBI special agent badge and use the FBI seal for advertising your personal podcast. Oh. Bill, I think that someone else did that. Who put that uh, together? Hold on. Do we have a, do we have a, do, 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 do. there's the FBI upside down suspendables badge. Um, I've been using the FBI seal in my podcast. Do I use the FBI seal? I guess I do. It's on that. I think it's on the, yeah, it's, it's on the, the illustration for podcast. In the downloads. intro. Yeah. And yeah. And I think that the American taxpayers actually own that symbol. And then the FBI is actually a wrecking ball that is destroying our constitutional republic at the moment. So I actually think that that is a news reporting. We are actually reporting what's happening in real time yeah. with that particular device. And I think you're taking images that are available for free public download and encouraged by the FBI on the FBI's multimedia webpage. What are the things you think they uh, think is theirs? Anything? Um, Catholic they... churches? Correct. Good. Uh, well played. So that's offense code 4.8 other misdemeanors. I have a question. Was the badge you were wearing uh, when you had the interaction with the uh, Las Cruces deputy, was that a facsimile or was that your actual badge? I think it was a facsimile badge. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's a good thing it was a little bit larger because that, that way he would know you were law enforcement and not. <laughs> That's why you wear you. <laughs> Have you ever had a cop look at your uh, FBI badge? Like, did you ever have that happen where they'd be like, That's not real? Yes, all the time. And they would laugh. And then I would have to do the whole, Well, at least we're not compensating for anything. As oh, I never the said justification. that. I just said, I just said it came out of a Cracker Jack box. That's what it looks like. So people don't know this, but the FBI badge is like 2.2 inches tall. It's like, yay big. Um, and it is 1.5 inches wide, which is like yay big. It is like comically silly small. It's slightly bigger than this little pin that a I lapel. got here. Yeah, it's probably one inch. Yeah, it's like it's a little bit too big for a lapel pin, but it was actually designed to be worn on the lapel 
of the sort of trench coats and the overcoats of the agents. Yeah. There's a pin still built into the back of it. And that is actually how that badge was designed and is supposed to be used. So it's comically silly small. And then they always tell you something stupid, like the reason that the badge is so small is that you have nothing to hide behind except your honor and your integrity. Uh, it turns out that's actually all BS. Uh, that's made up. It's kind of like the uh, fidelity, bravery, integrity version of the FBI motto, which is also insanely stupid and made up. As you and I discovered, once you put it to the, the test, there's none of that. In fact, right. people are not even brave enough to write a recommendation for their colleague to the FBI when their colleague is a good guy. And they can't even say the truth about that. They're scared that they'd be on the FBI's radar because the FBI is actually a vindictive, you know, band of uh, incompetence. That's more accurate. Yep. They're coming for you no matter what, man. And they got a long memory. That's the other thing too. Fat band of incompetence. That's kind of fun. There's a lot of fatties in the bureau too, like uh, Sarah Linton, who is uh, maybe in charge of the Washington field office, uh, famously known as meal team six on the kneeling team there for the deal. Uh, the, um, He's I'm not going killing it at soul cycle. And what's that? She doesn't, she's not killing it at soul cycle. No, despite the fact that they would reimburse her for it. She's not. Um, number seven is fun. Purchased suppressors for personal purposes and had them shipped to your FBI field or to your office to avoid paying statutorily mandated taxes in violation of FBI offense code 4.7 other felonies. That one's my favorite. When you just casually accuse somebody of a felony that you have no evidence of and that that doesn't exist, I've got suppressors. In fact, I'm, I'm tempted to take my earpieces out and go pull them out. I've got tax stamps coming out of my ears right now. I have seven of them. So I've spent like around $1,500 to the federal government, literally to own my own property for the privilege of owning things that cost me far more than that, because that's false. But it is funny that they would say that. What do you think? They, they would just presume to, to accuse you of a felony. I mean, that's that's what happened to me. They accused me of committing a, a felony when I recorded conversations as a law enforcement officer. But it's, you ever, it's you ever gone to like a website and just tried to have something like a gun shipped to your house? No, because they won't do you, it. You know why? Well, they'll they'll require the proof of the uh, the the license that's required to get that. You can't actually buy those things over the internet. You can't just correct. buy them and ship them anywhere, FBI yeah. field office or otherwise. So you had the opportunity to send it to a federal government location, ergo it's safe. It's not going to be in the hands of a terrorist or somebody who can't pass no, a background you check. They won't do it. Yeah. They, they won't ship you uh, a suppressor. They won't ship you a firearm. You can't do that. They'd be like, I don't care if it's an FBI office. Like you're not an FFL. It only gets transferred through FFLs. And those FFLs, like Eric and Mike, who I talked to uh, earlier on Twitter, literally are the guys that I had things transferred to. So that's funny. Um, other felonies, just casually out there. Number eight, this is also funny. Made improper disclosures of internal FBI information to the media on your personal podcast. I'll keep doing it. Don't don't get me wrong. My personal podcast, by the way, is actually a profession at this point. We had a sponsor, which you guys know about, and we'll plug them in a little bit here, but um, we'll do it right now. Patriot Cooler, here they are. Patriot Coolers and patriotcooler.com. You can check them out. They got the 50 star design on the bottom. They got 13 stripes up here and you can use promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E. You'll get 10% off your order. Free shipping over 50 bucks. We get a small amount of the proceeds and they also support disabled veterans. It's a really good company. It's a company that I'd be proud to work for, far prouder than the FBI, it turns out. And they're far more patriotic. They say Patriot right here on the cup. Bam, look at that, Patriot, okay? That is something that is sorely missing from the FBI right now, uh, at least wait, in the upper wait, management. Wait. Isn't Patriot one of those terms that's a problem now? It's yeah, kind of like red pill. Dude, these are base chads out here at, at Patriot Coolers. <laughs> They're fully red pilled. I'm full, full, what other ones do they have? They probably got some Stacy's working for them. Um, 
this is a comical silliness, these guys. So my personal podcast, I used to, to make improper disclosures of internal FBI information. That's called being a journalist. Do you remember those things that, that, that first amendment freedom of the press? Is that something we're still doing or are we done with that? No, nope. That went away with memeing being a possible, uh, oh, voter fraud. Crime don't now. meme and don't be a journalist. What I guess the bureau didn't realize about me, uh, maybe this is where I improperly shared my work history is that I was actually born to someone in the journalistic community. My father started as a journalist long before I was ever born long before I was even a glimmer in his eye. And in fact, the day that I was born, he was the news director of KCBS San Francisco, which is the flagship station of, of CBS radio at the time uh, on the West Coast. It's 7.40 a.m. for those of you who live in the Bay Area. And if you do, you should move out of there. That's not a good place to live. Don't live in California. But if you do live in California, uh, and I know actually we have some Bay Area listeners because uh, my wife's family members are out that way. <laughs> I know there's a, a circle of uh, of ladies and men that uh, that do listen to this show that, that live in there. But yeah, KCBS, that was the that's what I grew up in. I literally was going into the newsroom when I was under the age of five. And I've been on the radio since I've been a little kid. So, you know. Don't make improper disclosures under the uh, the FBI offense code 4.10. Do they uh, accuse you of unauthorized disclosure sensitive information as well? Was that one of the offense yes. codes? That you? Yes. Yeah. But they fan. didn't know that I actually got permission. So that fell by the wayside as soon as I pointed out that they'd given me permission to speak out. And they asked me if I had proof. And I said, I don't have an FBI email anymore. So you're probably going to have to dig around for that one. It's such a clown show. I, I don't, I can't believe these people get up in the morning. So if there was any honor in the bureau, we would hear like this rash of like sipaku, like the Japanese ritual suicides of people that are just like, they've dishonored themselves and their families. And the only way out is for them to just gut themselves. This would actually be happening in mass. There'd be this like big hiring opening for, for bureau people. And nobody would want to go because it's just like covered in the entrails of the dudes who failed. But that's, that's the world we're living. Just a bunch of clowns. There it's run by a, a group of clowns that can't possibly fathom that one, you have a sense of humor um, mm. and two, that anybody at all could have contempt for their federal government, which is pretty much in the American DNA. There's 56 founders that had a tremendous amount of contempt for government. And that's why they signed the Declaration of Independence. And I think that's tradition should you know, kind of be carried forward. But these people exist in a world uh, in their ivory towers, or in this case, their gray cubicles, uh, where the fact that anybody could possibly resent the FBI for even the smallest thing only indicates radicalization and potential domestic terrorism. I mean, we are a threat to them because I don't like them. And I know things that they don't like me talking about, unclassified or otherwise, it's irrelevant. Um, did you fathers? Is that right? Yeah, 56 signers. And there are 56 field offices who are simping and on their knees for the federal government. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. That is how that far is they've, how far we've come. I, and, I, and I do have to point out all the way back at the beginning, the great Freudian slip where you called it the uh, department of Jesuits, because very appropriately, you did not, you did not flog yourself for your, when your infractions. The department of Jesuits. I do like that, but that's, did I do that? Uh, not today. Yes, you did. You slipped over at the very beginning. Producer Phil, you'll have to amplify that. Phil, did you did you hear me say Department of Jesuits? I may have been, you know, a little distracted at the time. I trust Steve. Maybe you did. We'll we'll play it at the end again yeah. if you did. We'll we'll listen to it again in reverse, folks. If I said Department of Jesuits, you sign up and uh, and tell Steve that he's right. If you if you're not uh, if you're not ready to leave a comment, you can go to the Rumble section and leave a comment. I will uh, own the mea culpa on that one. It's pretty funny. 
All right. So uh, unauthorized disclosures, 4.10 offense code. Number nine, like they added 12 offenses to my original, um, you know, and my original offense obviously is pretty clear is that I told them that they were Nazis for trying to make me get a, a nasal swab when I didn't have COVID and I knew it and they knew it and my boss knew it and my boss's wife had COVID and he was in the office because stupidity exists everywhere. So uh, that was going on. So what is it? Uh, number nine. Ooh, see, I feel like at some point they should have just, they should have just fired me. Oh wait, they did. They stopped paying me they for a year. Me, yeah. that, that's kind of like firing you, right? So, um, all right. Offense code nine, refuse to comply with direct orders from management regarding your weapons in violation of FBI offense code 5.11 insubordination. I have no idea. I got nothing. This is man. This is them digging through the, the code book like they're doing for the the January six people or the thirty four felony count against yeah, it's Donald a Rico. Trump. It's a just Rico trying type. to stack charges. Stacked up. There we go. Uh, number ten. This one's also really funny. Lacked candor, not under oath, when you misrepresented to a supervisor and firearms instructor that you altered your bureau weapons. That your when. That your altered bureau weapons were part of a non-existent FBI pilot program in violation of offense code uh, two point five lack of candor no oath, and based on these circumstances, and considering the twelve Douglas factors, which is uh, oddly the only thing that's in italics, I have no idea what the Douglas factors are, but they do, including but not limited to consistency with precedent, penalty guidelines, prior disciplinary history. By the way, zero disciplinary history. That's the that's the prior, uh, the aggravating and mitigating factors. OPR proposes dismissing you from the roles of the FBI. Does anyone know where the roles of the FBI are? I assume it's toilet paper that you can just wipe your ass with. I assume that the roles of the FBI are as exactly what you'd expect. It is like Charmin on a on a stick and they just pull off your sheet. Can they pull off my sheet already? Like what what's going on? My question is, did you lack candor in a way that was similar to that of FBI Director Christopher Wray when he said that the radical traditional Catholics memo uh, was just the work of a piddling little low-level analyst and certainly nothing else to be concerned about, only to be confirmed that there's now undercover activity as far as infiltrating parishes in the Richmond, Virginia area. No, no, he's just a straight liar. That's not what I did. I, Full I stop. <laughs> Full stop. So folks, uh, one of the things that Steve and I have been talking about this week is that when Chris Ray says full stop, that's his tell that he's telling you a full lie, but we kind of believe it's like looking at a, like a, um, a cartoon. I want you to imagine a cartoon of a fortune cookie and the fortune cookie has the left side, the right side, and the middle are all folded. And on the only things you can see are full and stop, right? But if you were to unravel the fortune cookie, which is the second part of the, of the cartoon, it would say... I am completely full of BS, right? Whenever you hear me say things like this, you should stop listening, full stop, okay? And that's that's essentially where you should stop believing. And and maybe we'll make that cartoon. We need someone talented. We need Garrett to do it because that's not something I can do. But, um, but no, uh, Chris Ray just lies under oath with impunity. And I kind of told people like, I don't know, maybe it's a pilot program because- it's my freaking gun and it makes me more lethal and it makes me more capable and it makes me able to take shots from a lot further away than I can. Like what, what's your, what's a comfortable pistol distance for you? You were a SWAT guy. Well, how yeah. far can you shoot a pistol and get all the hits without an optic on it? Yeah. Yeah. No. How long I mean, can you shoot? How far can you shoot with irons? Consistently, you know, 30, 35 yards, like 
from a draw with under time. Yeah, 30, 35. I expect to get him center mass. Okay. But what about when, how do you feel about hitting steel, like a steel chest target at, at 100 yards? Is that doable? I better be like proned out and linked up against some sort of structure for stability. You're taking like wind measurements at that point. No, you just have to loft it in a little bit. You just have to aim a little high. Um, somebody was asking me, was like, what's the holdover when you're at 200? Cause I've hit, I've hit steel at 200 mm-hmm. with my handgun, with this handgun, with this little four inch barrel, I've done 200 yard shots. Right. Um, I don't know if I could do it today, but like, we'll go out and do a range day at some point. I'm in Texas again. Like there's some Americans out here that'll hold a camera for me or I'll set up on my tripod and we'll do some stupid long shots. I'm no Jerry Michalek. I'm not doing thousand yard, nine millimeter hits, but people have done them. He's done them. Sure. He's hit a balloon at a thousand yards. So it's give me a break. Madness. Um, no, he's just like, <laughs> the nine millimeter Glock from a thousand yards. I, I don't think it would actually penetrate your skin. Uh, I don't know, man. It dinged that it might leave a little there. bruise. It'll give you a bruise. I don't want to stand in front of it either way. I have no interest in being in front of that thing. Um, so anyway, so that's, uh, that's offense code number 10. Obviously they, they've, uh, picked all these things up. This is the funniest thing. You want to know what's really funny is because they're so fair-minded because they're the FBI. They put number one footnote. You were also noticed with violating FBI offense code 2.8 misuse of position. That offense code is predicated on the same misconduct as offense code 5.21, unprofessional conduct off duty. OPR exercises care not to assess more than one penalty for what is essentially the same act of misconduct. OPR finds that your conduct is properly addressed under 5.22, and accordingly, offense code 2.8 will not be further discussed. You know what's even funny? I just caught it right now. They actually got the wrong one because they said... They said that my the action that 2.8 was going to be covering was actually better covered by 2.1, and then they claimed it was 2.2 in the next one because they're lazy, 5.22. So they actually misquoted their own guidelines in the paragraph. I mean, a bureau document without an error is fake, right? Right, yes. Phil. Phil's, Phil's shaking his head over there. I mean, you got people referring to themselves as a special agent and a task force officer in the same opening paragraph of criminal affidavits. That should be fine, right? Can you be those things? Can you be both? I don't know if you identify that way. That's it. This is an identification. They're trans task force officers. You were a trans task force officer. You could do that. Um. So. Anyway, I got this the day before, and then um, I wrote back to them. I don't know if I can. I just read what I wrote back to people. Does that seem? If I didn't you read mine, yeah, I will. All right, so uh, folks, this is what I responded to the FBI's OPR underscore whistleblower at FBI.gov. Uh, today is not a new show. Obviously, this is a, a show where I'm just venting, but. Um, I think it's worth knowing the inner workings of how stupid the FBI is, how stupid the disciplinary processes are. So um, I haven't tweeted this out, but I might. I wrote OPR whistleblower email account. Thank you for the irony. Not sure who this letter was intended for. It was addressed to Kyle Matthew Serafin, FBI Albuquerque division. I'm not familiar with this individual. I have not been working for the FBI since June 2022, when my paycheck was suspended, quote unquote, indefinitely. The FBI engaged in a constructive termination in writing and indeed when I was removed from my responsibilities and authorities from my job code 1811 criminal investigator. This was further reinforced when my security clearance was suspended in retaliation for the whistleblower activities I engaged in. I have no obligations to the FBI. And and acting in a journalistic capacity, I have reported on the ongoing malfeasance within the Bureau, consistent with my First Amendment protected rights under the United States Constitution, specifically the freedom of the press. 
While it seems difficult for FBI's OPR staff to recall that the obligations of FBI employees are to the Constitution over misplaced loyalties to the Bureau, that is, in fact, the supreme obligation of federal employees. As someone who is a former federal employee, I have no interest or concerns about the FBI policies, which do not apply to non-FBI employees. Please see the notices delivered by ABQ, SAC, Raul Bahanda, and EAD, Jennifer Moore, on April 18th, 2022, April 28th, 2022, and June 1st, 2022. These were my uh, initial suspension, my proposal for clearance suspension, and then the confirmation that they were, in fact, going to confirm, take away my clearance. I said, I will continue to make disparaging remarks about the FBI when accurate. We'll report on newsworthy information that is of interest to the public and make disclosures to Congress and anyone in the American people who is interested in hearing my quote unquote personal podcast as it is now my profession. My conduct is of no interest to the FBI's OPR or security division as I have announced and been titled in over 100 interviews that I am a former FBI employee. Please cease the harassment via email and cease any references to me as part of the FBI's Albuquerque division. I consider such an association defamatory and offensive. I have followed through on not only referring to myself as not referring to myself as an FBI employee when I was removed from the office based on the actions taken in your office, I would appreciate it if you followed through on your own counsel and ceased this erroneous description. Thanks for having the courage not to sign this email because they didn't sign it, by the way. They signed it by the department. It further reinforces that cowardice is the most defining characteristic of the FBI's headquarters staff. Signed personally, Kyle Serafin. Uh, and then I CC'd, BCC'd, C-Friend, so that he could see what was up. And he responded, reply to all, so that the FBI got it. And it wrote, this is awesome, sent from my iPhone. <laughs> I'm just a citizen, brother. I'm just a citizen now. We're just two guys who think the FBI is a comedy show. And thankfully, now they know it. <laughs> it's just so good. Uh, that was from my personal email address and Steve's personal email address. There's nothing quite funny in that. By the way, you weren't the only person that I blind copied on that and nobody else thought that was a good idea. It was just you. So I think that's that's why you're on the show. Yeah, exactly, man. That's why you're always they here. Kick that's the tires and light the fires, man. There's just the only thing that they hate worse than anything else is being mocked. That's it. And that is, you know, you hit the thermal exhaust port with uh, with an actual uh, misconduct and, and legally, but the the way that you get really to their soul is just to mock them relentlessly. That's that's where it really hurts them. They, they actually lose sleep. That's why they responded back to your email. Who do you, you think responded? Get it you brought this up earlier. Who do you think was the responding uh, clown? Because what they wrote back to me was, which went tweeted out today, and Phil, have you seen this uh, this this tweet that went out today? Uh, I've got your truth up. Does it start? Uh, you are still on the rolls of the FBI. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, go ahead. You can throw that up. Yeah, Mr. Seraphin. Yep. You are still on the rolls of the FBI. If you wish to resign, you must do so in writing. While you are still on the rolls, the disciplinary process will proceed. Office of Professional Responsibility, Federal Bureau of Investigation, and that is from the OPR underscore whistleblower at FBI.gov email address. Again, that's OPR underscore whistleblower at FBI.gov. Now, there are people on Twitter and people on Truth that were like, how foolish would you be? You should never email the FBI. I email them all the time. I tag them in every single one of my posts when I deal with them because they're on Twitter and I know somebody has to read that. I don't know who it is. Um, They get a mixture of mental illness and then like a mixture of the suspendables kicking them right in the nuts with actual true statements about how ridiculous they are. So I actually put this out on on Twitter today. (laughs) I wrote, hey, I got this email from the at FBI. 
And, uh, and then I, I always put a parenthetical sometimes when I'm thinking about them in a nice way. I said, Hey there, you dummies. Uh, I said, my former employer who stopped paying me in June of 2022 is threatening me with disciplinary action. This has now been seen by 242,000 people. So, um, you know, we had a little bit of help with that. We've had people like Seb Gorka and Dinesh D'Souza retweet that. We've had people like Tracy Beans. We've had uh, a number of different, um, you know, journalists and stuff like that have shared this as a an indicator of how stupid we are dealing with this, this American system. But this is the American FBI. They are, they think that they should be feared, but they should be relentlessly mocked for stupidity because apparently I'm on the rolls and I will be disciplined. What kind of discipline can you do to someone once you've taken their paycheck, you've taken their job, you've taken their ability to work for any member of the federal government? I'm certain of that. And um, and then they've sold their house. I've now I'm now on my second state, not where I used to live when I was working for the FBI. I'm now living in a second state, living in the state of Texas, and somehow they're going to keep me on the rolls. Like how how do you get out of this? How do we got how do I quit them? We're back to them not being able to comprehend the contempt. They can't comprehend that this is not the be all end all of your life. And the fact that you might be no longer in any way, shape or form have, have an email address with, you know, at FBI.gov attached to Kyle Serafin's name, like that, that would be the worst thing that, that you could possibly happen to you. And, and they, anything that's never crossed your mind that that is not your ultimate goal, because so often with these processes, that's, that's what it is with people. They're just desperate to keep their job. The next time I drive cross country, I'm going to tape my last box of FBI business cards. I have 500 business cards that I just opened up and saw that I haven't even given out a single one of them. They're from the Albuquerque division. I'm going to drive and let them all just fly. They got the office of the field, the, the, uh, the unlisted address of the FBI's Las Cruces, um, uh, RA, the resident agency there. And I'm just going to see how many of those 500 are still left when I finish driving. I don't know. I'll go to like Lubbock or something. They'll just fly all over the Texas countryside and then they can bring it up with the FBI for littering because uh, I think that's a state crime and they should probably answer for that. That's not my documents. I don't want them. But uh, yeah, I, I've been thinking about this for a while. And so like the FBI is like a crazy girlfriend that uh, we described this once before. You come home and the locks are changed and all of your stuff is in like a flaming pile on the driveway and your clothes are burning and your favorite jeans are on fire and they're soaked in kerosene. And, you know, she's screaming out the top window, you know, like, why did you leave me? And you're like, I was just at work, dude. I don't, uh, what? Uh, that's kind of where I feel like I've gotten, I've gotten to the point where I have a crazy girlfriend. So I, I need to help her out. And I quit. I don't work for the FBI. Like I don't work for you. I have resigned by you kicking me out. That's called constructive and, and, uh, it's called constructive resignation or a constructive termination, constructive dismissal. You can call it whatever you want. It's when you no longer employ me. And then I tell you the thing that I just told you. So I don't work for the FBI anymore. As I've stated, I've said it in many ways. I'm a former FBI employee, or as Phil likes to, um, he should take credit because I actually stole this from him. I'm a recovering FBI agent. I'm trying to recover from the terminal wounds of working for this ridiculous government. And yet- um, they can't quit me. So hopefully they can. I'm going to refer them to this podcast. I'm going to send them this link, y'all. So don't be afraid to share this thing around. If you want to send, send it to the email address. address. Yeah, no, that's what I'm going to do tomorrow morning. They're yeah. going to get a copy of this as soon as I put it out on Twitter. Yeah. Hey, it's going to go look, up. You, you might be a recovering FBI agent, but you will always be welcome in the office of the suspendables. Which is the same as the office of the president-elect. Is that correct? It's same authority, man. Just holding it out of left field. Just making things up.
<laughs> All right, folks, maybe not the most informative thing, but you did get a, a glimpse behind the curtain of the stupidity. This is the stuff that Steve and I talk about so that we don't uh, eat a gun. Uh, this is the thing we do that uh, that's helped us understand why our, our colleagues have not decided to commit ritual suicide in shame and dishonor since they have brought that dishonor upon themselves. And, um, you know, the ones that are the uh, the trans intelligence agency part that is uh, in the Hoover building, they would never think twice about something like that. Phil, you've got a uh, you got a five star review from somebody that's spicy, one that I haven't read yet. Yeah, I do, and I think we should also squeeze in Steve's letter. I mean, he alluded to it, the uh, Office of the Suspendables. Do we, do we have time? Oh, for that? shoot, go with it. Yeah, what I mean, it's Friday. Uh, let's just get rowdy. You, you want to read a couple of them too? Tell people what it is. Yeah, it was the town hall meeting that was supposed to happen last month with our, our friend and uh, former colleague uh, Jennifer Moore, the executive assistant director of Human no Resources. So uh, that got called off, um, which I mean, probably only means that she's either being promoted or retiring. Uh, and they said to be announced later. So, you know, since we are and you are still technically employed, you were not privy to being able to submit questions like folks were able to do to Christopher Ray when they asked him about his golf handicap and, you know, what he buys when he goes shopping at Kmart or something like what that. What does he buy, do you think? Lots of hair gel. Hair gel. <laughs> um. So we uh we we came so up with bad. a list of twenty seven questions or you know multi questions, but uh, they're mostly pertained to abuses that went on with the, the COVID vaccine. But uh, some of them that I thought were pretty apropos. Uh, how about number fourteen? Does FBI Human Resources Division believe that employees' refusal to comply with President Biden's Executive Order one four zero four three is a quote psychological condition concern unquote, which may justify suspension of security clearance? Does the FBI require prospective employees to pass a psychological test? Are any personnel within the FBI Human Resources Division trained or licensed psychologists or psychiatrists able to properly diagnose mental health conditions? The answer to all those is no, but no. Um, but that uh, but not to them. They're still going to kick people out, like our buddy Chris, and uh, who is also has equal contempt for this uh, ridiculous organization. Yeah. Bill, I sent you over one because I've actually read a couple of these, but I think you got one ready to go. Uh, you want to read? Well, so folks, if you didn't uh, see any of these questions, he's just read you number 14. There are how many? What, 25, 30 of them? 27 questions. And uh, there are some, some pretty revelatory information, which is why I sent it over to Judiciary and Oversight. Nice. And we retweeted it out today. So you can find it on Steve's, uh, which is real, at real Steve friend, Steve V-E, real Steve friend on uh, Twitter, or you can find it on truth, which is real underscore Steve friend, just keeping it spicy. I wish you could get the other one. I I'd like to find whoever has the real Steve friend on and cut truth. them. No, I would make it just an offer that made sense. I would just be like, why don't you just do the right thing here? Let's trade, let's trade this. Cause you don't need it. And Steve does. Um, all right. So yeah, go find that document that is sitting on uh, the uh, multiple different social media platforms. You can go and look at all 27 questions. They are both breadcrumbs and actual questions we'd love the answers to that will never get asked and will never get answered because nobody in the Bureau is accountable for anything. Possibly the Weaponization Committee will throw some of those right in the face of people like Jennifer Moore or Chris Ray when they are called to testify. We can only hope. And so I hope that... Uh, Jordan and his people are on board with that sort of idea. There's always a possibility that they get uh, at least a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, we've been very uncomfortable for a long time because of this stuff. So it'd be nice if they did. Um, all right, I'm throwing it over to Phil. I'm just happy to have Phil over here to to run things on the back end so I don't have to be clicking all over the place, which I, I'm not very good at apparently. 
No, you're great at it, but I'm glad to help. We got a nice comment here from Miss Laura Lynn who wrote, Steve Baker, number three segment. I am dumbfounded by your thought-provoking interview with Steve Baker. I consider myself relatively well-informed, but I was stunned at the thought-provoking content of the third hour of the interview. Laura C., if you want your five-star review read here on the Kyle Serafin Show, send it. Give us five stars, and maybe yours will be next. I just like you just said, send it. That's how, that's what, that's how my attorney always says. I'm like, Hey, what do you think? Should I, uh, should I tell the FBI that they're clowns? And he's like, send it full send. It's like you weren't just full send all the time. Can we, uh, can I plug something else here, Kyle? Cause I was scrolling through your truth feed and some based red pilled, probably Catholic Chad also maybe trans vaccinated like myself mm. has a Kyle Serafin show t-shirt. And I don't even think we've been advertising those. Uh, there is a Kyle Serafin merch store at thekyleserafinshow.com. Yeah, these are all these are all designed by Garrett O'Boyle, uh, fellow suspendable, silent member of the suspendables, who flew to El Paso and then drove with me to New Mexico to pick up all my stuff. And he hand carried all my stuff with me into my new digs. So... Yeah, this stuff benefits Garrett. If you want to uh, pick up a Kyle Serafin show T-shirt, they're really cool designs. Um, I'm, I was looking at it. I was like, man, I'd be kind of weirded out by like wearing my own show name. But like, if people are into it, uh, it's a cool design. It looks very patriotic, and uh, you can show your support for the show, and you can show your support for Garrett because I'm pretty confident the money is just sort of sitting there, you know, gathering. There's not a ton of it, but the, but whatever there is, it goes to Garrett's family because he designed all this stuff. And uh, we may be making this a bigger merch thing at some point in the future. But it's a neat, it's a neat looking T-shirt. Whoever sent that? Uh, what, what was the base Patriots name? Oh, let me see here. Uh, Free Thinker at Free Thinker nineteen seventy. Yeah, killing it. Just like he's like, I'm wearing this. To, he said, I'm wearing this to Redstone. Maybe I'll stop by the FBI building. <laughs> it's so good. Some of y'all are the best. Uh, when somebody sends me a message that says, I've been supporting you since the beginning. And I'm like, what do you mean? You've been like following me? Uh, this dude is killing it. He's going to go knock on the FBI's door wearing the Kyle Serafin show t-shirt. That's full support. I will take that every day. You can go into battle with me, buddy. Um, all right. I think that's all that we have for today. We're going to have an interesting weekend. I will try to have a, uh, I've got a couple guests that I'm trying to line up and, and we'll try to make this happen. If not, you'll hear from me again on Monday, but you might be hearing from a wonderful guest. Uh, we got a couple of them that are kind of in the hopper and it's just a matter of lining up schedules. And since I've moved, it has been way tougher to line people up. Uh, you'd think it'd be easier because I'm on a better time zone for it, but it has just been disruptive to my uh, process. So um, we'll see about that. Worst case scenario, you'll hear only me. Again, this has been the Kyle Serafin Show. You can like, subscribe, you can share it anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We are on Rumble for the video if you're not uh, doing that right now. Go on there and hit the comment section up. I will respond to almost every one of your comments, as many of you have seen uh, and if you want to uh, give us a five-star review, you can go to Apple, just as Phil just read. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on all the places that you might want to listen to us. You can say, Alexa, play Kyle Serafin podcast. And in fact, there I will come out of your speakers while you're listening to your Chinese spyware. Thanks so much for listening to our show. We do really appreciate it. And we will catch you again on the next round. Thanks for listening to The Kyle Serafin Show. Be sure to follow him on Twitter and Truth at Kyle Serafin. 